these are the daily lectionary comments for August 1st. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 1, we're introduced to Goliath and reintroduced to David. In Acts chapter 26, beginning at verse 1, Paul begins to offer his defense before Agrippa. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we are introduced to Goliath. We're told that the Philistines have advanced uh, into the land and uh, have have uh, arrayed for battle and that Saul has uh, mustered and gathered his army and they are drawn up across from the um, Philistines and there is a battle to commence. The two sides are facing off. Apparently they faced off uh, like this without actually entering combat for some time. And we, we learn a little bit about Goliath, uh, nothing that's all that surprising. He is a very, very large man and very, very confident in his military prowess. And so he is very, very confident in, in uh, insulting the uh, Israelite soldiers. Of course, this is a very common thing in, in, uh, in warfare um, to shout back and forth and to shout insults at one another and insult one another's mother and so forth. Um, in verse uh, 10, the Philistines, uh, uh, that, that is, Goliath said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that will come, and we will come and fight together. All right, so there's Goliath, and, and he's shaking his fist uh, at Israel. Then we are reintroduced to David. If you look at verse 12, uh, we are told who David is, his father, his brothers, where he lives, which is a little odd because, of course, we were just told this in the last chapter, which <coughs> gives you some sense that um, that this might have been drawn from uh, a, a record. So if, if Samuel is the composer of this or whoever was the composer of this, uh, we know from uh, various references in Scripture that uh, that they often drew upon official records and government records, essentially, of past battles and things like that. And so there may have been something like that that was being copied from, or, or um, there may have been this kind of formal reintroduction to David because uh, we have been led up to to David's anointing, which was a secret anointing. Nobody knows about it yet, but we were told uh, that David is a man after God's own heart, and we were told that in God's selection of David, uh, he sees not as as people see. Uh, but God sees to the heart. So we have been led to believe that David is an extraordinary individual, um, uh, something about his heart that makes him a, a man after God's own heart. And so now we are going to see the first of many stories involving David that is going to reveal to us uh, what it is uh, about David, what it means that this is a man after God's own heart, what is extraordinary about him. And so we'll see that here. We're also told that... Uh, in, in, in yesterday's devotion, Saul brought David into his, his court and then uh, 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 sort of full time. And then we learned today that, that uh, David is kind of shuffling or shuttling back and forth between uh, the court of Saul and Bethlehem to tend to uh, his father's sheep. So he's kind of got two jobs right now. This is probably uh, largely in part because uh, Saul is involved in 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 military operations, and so uh, Saul David is only occasionally needed for this or that or the other thing, and so he's trying to take care of his father's uh, sheep as well as uh, serving Saul. In one of these trips to 
Bethlehem. Uh, his father, Jesse, sends David to the, the front lines, essentially, where his three older brothers are serving in Saul's army. And he's to provide the brothers with some food, a uh, little gift for the commander, and to bring back some word from them to Jesse. Th this is really not all that unusual. Um, the uh, fighting was happening very close to where people actually lived, and the armies were not generally uh, supplied by the government as much as they were supplied by their own family. So anyway, this is not uh, this is not a uh, really extraordinary thing, but it explains how David ends up on the battlefield and it sets up how things are going to go next. So we've got an introduction to Goliath. We have a reintroduction to David and the table is set to see uh, what happens uh, with this man after God's own heart. OK, Acts chapter 26 and Paul is standing before Agrippa. And uh, there's not a whole lot new in, in this uh, little section of reading. It largely covers things that have already been covered, but that's something for us to consider in itself. And that is when you have repetition in scripture, uh, that it's, it's, it's not because of sloppy crafting. It's, it's the things that are being repeated are things that are especially important to be remembered. So uh, among the things that are repeated here in Paul's defense before Agrippa uh, is how Paul was raised as a Pharisee. He uses this, by the way, the fact that he was a Pharisee, which was the strictest of all the sects of my, uh, of my religion, he says. Um, uh, he uses that to introduce the idea of the hope of the resurrection, which, of course, the Pharisees believed and the Sadducees denied. And so uh, Paul is is inserting that idea in there as the real reason why he's on trial here. He has said that before. So we learn again that uh, that that Paul is a Pharisee. Uh, we learn again that he once persecuted uh, the the uh, the church and and was actually very zealous in persecuting the church. In his defense, uh, there's a little bit more emphasis on how severely he uh, who he persecuted the church how devoted he was uh to that and then he tells of his conversion again and 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 this is the second time paul has uh, uh stepped through uh the events of his conversion in a defense first before felix and now before agrippa but uh this is the third time in the book of acts that luke has recorded these very words so Again, you realize just how important uh, Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus was. This, uh, this account is largely like the others, but it does fill in a few additional things. It's not exactly the same. There's a few additional details thrown in there. And one of those details is that uh, the voice that speaks to, to uh, Paul there on the road to Damascus at that time indicates that he is being set aside to be sent to the Gentiles. And he is going to proclaim uh, this uh, message to them. Verse 18 says, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And so he explains to Agrippa that this is the vision that he had. And uh, he says a couple of verses later, verse 19, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And that's what I have been about doing. I have been about proclaiming this word about Jesus and the resurrection to Gentiles. And that's when they found, that's when the Jews found me in the temple. And that's why they arrested me because I'm proclaiming the resurrection uh, to Gentiles. 
And that's what really has me here. So this is Paul's basic uh, defense. I, I would point out verse um, uh, 22 and 23 have a, a nice little summary, uh, one verse summary of Paul's preaching that, that uh, this is what the, uh, the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, verse 23, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, that he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. It's a nice little summary of what Paul has been preaching. Again, there's just not a whole lot new in this account, brand new. There's a few little uh, additional details. But the fact that we are being led through this again uh, is meant to underscore its importance and also the fact that uh, it, it, it's been being told first to a Gentile leader and now to a Jewish leader in the presence of a Gentile leader and all of this in preparation for Paul to be shipped off to Rome, where presumably he is going to offer exactly the same defense again. Well, how this trial came out, uh, or this hearing, the results of this hearing, we will see at uh, tomorrow's devotion.